Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. And let's go beyond the front lines to Ukraine and Joseph Lindsley. Joe, hello to you. Uh, hearing a lot about drone attacks. How is it where you are today? Bob, good afternoon. I speak to you from, still from Kharkiv, uh, uh, 30 miles or so from, from the Russian border. And uh, through the night, there were many alarms uh, throughout the country. Uh, there were uh, drone, uh, the, the Russians were using Iranian drone uh, drones to attack, uh, or they were trying to approach Kiev and some other cities, but it seems that most of them, if not all of them, were shot down. Uh, interesting that you know these are drones that are manufactured in Iran, and just over the weekend, uh, the Saudi foreign minister uh, came to uh, show his support uh, uh, for Ukraine, uh, humanitarian and, and uh, economic support for Ukraine. Uh, so we do, that. that that's, that, I think that's a huge uh, sort of, because uh, there hasn't been that type of support from the Middle East uh, until over the weekend. Uh, and so we did see some interesting maneuvering there. Uh, here, you know, th- there, everyone was expecting, and when I spoke to you on Friday, you know, something huge to happen before February 24th. Uh, still, you know, there, there is still shelling and, and intense fighting, especially around Bakhmut, uh, down in uh, the city of Kherson. Is, the Russians are shelling that repeatedly. Uh, but there has been no, nothing massive has changed and there has been no nationwide uh, uh, attack on infrastructure like we like we tend to see once every two weeks or so. Uh, so it was a strange calm, uh, in a sense, here in Kharkiv uh, over the weekend. In fact, uh, I went on Saturday to uh, a hidden place uh, during one of the air alarms, and there was a gathering of several hundred of Kharkiv's leading wartime volunteers, uh, the people who make, you know, I mean, they're delivering food to soldiers in Bakhmut, uh, they're making sure that children who are orphaned are taken care of. Everything you can imagine, uh, the whole society coming together. And what was really notable about it was that it was uh, Ukrainian soldiers were giving medals to the civilians. And I think that really shows. And you know, as I was, I was, I was reading a lot of the, the stories uh, from the American and Western media about one year of war. I think one narrative that gets missed is just how bottom up Ukrainian society is. And so I think it's pretty widely acknowledged here. That first week uh, of the full-scale invasion one year ago, it was really the citizens that that that, that, that enabled Ukraine to hang on. Uh, the government, in many ways, was scrambling uh, to respond, and it, it was the the people working together. And so that's really what I saw uh, in in that room. Uh, I mean, more than three hundred people, probably at least seventy different organizations. Uh, some of them formal, some just informal groups of friends. Each one with a name. Like you would hear at a pub quiz night or, a, you know, a softball league, uh, sometimes with some humor in their names. And you really see the society uh, coming together. There were three Americans uh, in, in that room. And one of them, uh, she's a Sikh American from California. She quit her corporate job and she came here to volunteer. And for, for a little bit, her 75 year old mother uh, joined her, uh, was unafraid and came here to Ukraine. And so this woman was telling me how uh, well, she was engaged in humanitarian work and her mother came along just to give people hugs. And she was the driver. And because in some of the hot spots, you know, you need to drive fast. Uh, her mother, she said, was driving 120 miles an hour uh, in between some of their uh, their destinations. And uh, so uh, you see all different types and levels of bravery. Uh, after I was at that meeting, I went to uh, to meet with some soldier uh, friends here in Kharkiv. They were on a break. And 
you know, just had a little uh, soup and some whiskey and just, you know, talked about everything here. And, you know, everyone knows so many people who have died or who've been injured. And my friend, uh, the soldier, Ukrainian soldier said, our friends in the heaven in, in the heavens are looking down, smiling upon us. And so we must also smile. We can't have a sad face in order to win. And and this, you know, this is, uh, you know, sort of that, that that's the mentality. The only way you can keep going is, you know, not to get mired in the sadness. Over the weekend, also, there was a uh, press conference with President Zelensky and a reporter, a Ukrainian reporter asked him, you know, how does how has this affected his uh, relationships with, with his family? And he almost completely broke down into tears, uh, saying he hasn't seen his parents. He rarely sees his kids. Uh, but what inspires him most about his family is that they, his wife and his kids, they choose to be in Ukraine. He says, you know, he doesn't force them to be here. Uh, they choose to be here. And everyone here, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're standing together in solidarity. Hmm. So remarkable. All of those all of those stories. Are people nervous there about the prospect of China supplying weapons to Russia? Yeah, I mean, that, that would be a concern. I mean, there's two. There's a prospect of China supplying weapons and then the ongoing prospect of, you know, when will uh, more and more lethal and longer range weapons arrive uh, from from the West? And, you know, so Joe Biden was here last week, uh, but there's still and in fact, uh, the uh, Republican in Congress, uh, Congressman McCall, uh, was criticizing the White House, saying that the aid, the weapons are coming to Ukraine, still coming to Ukraine too slowly. Uh, the White House uh, National Security Advisor uh, you know, says that pr- probably there's no chance in the near future of fighter jets coming this way. Uh, Ukrainians say if there is, no, you know, whenever Russia does have a massive, uh, another massive missile strike, they really do need uh, better air defense and fighter jets. Uh, so they're still behind the scenes. I think it's a lot of debate on how quickly this aid will come from uh, for Ukraine from the West and what's going, you know, what kind mean meantime is Russia able to resupply? Uh, is China helping? That is a major concern. Uh, there was uh, the governor of the uh, Mikolaev region, Vitaly Kim. Uh, he sent a telegram message uh, about 30 minutes ago uh, to his 70,000 followers on that on that application to, uh, to communicate to people. And he said, do not ignore the air alarms today. Uh, he, he wrote this even as though there was no alarm. Uh, and so that is a bit concerning. And so, you know, it, it, it's strange. After the 24th, you know, everyone was expecting something horrible and it's been calm and it does give you a new level of courage and confidence. Uh, but there still is a heavy feeling that there will be something either today or in the coming days. And so meanwhile, that's why there is the push to uh, to get more uh, more support from the West and, and not to, you know, the big idea is not to give Russia more time to maneuver and to resupply uh, because that's uh, probably what they're doing during these periods of relative calm. Mm-hmm. And don't let your guard down for sure. Let me uh, let me share a couple of uh, emails and texts with you, Joseph, from our listeners. Keep talking to Joseph daily. I treasure his daily talks. He is the only way to truly know the truth. And here's another one that I think you'll like hearing. Uh, this message is for Bob Surratt on WGN. We all can't thank you enough uh, to. Stay every morning in touch with Joseph, the unbelievable brave reporter from the Ukraine. You don't even realize how many followers he has. We pray every day for his safe return and the unimaginable brave Ukrainians. Best wishes from the bottom of my heart. That's from 
Elkie. And one more here. Good morning, Bob. Joseph could be the 21st century Ernest Hemingway. Great reporting. Can't wait until he writes a book about his wartime experience. You are thinking about doing that, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I do. I try to write a little bit every day and actually write around. Well, I, I can't. I was going to I was going to say something that would give away my location uh, in Harkiv. But there's a there's a there's a Hemingway. Uh, I'll have to save that story for later. But and okay. that's exactly yeah, why, Bob, uh-huh. why, why I do write down um, every day. I write because especially uh, like in a place like Kharkiv, you meet so many interesting people, uh, foreign fighters, you know, on a break, uh, Ukrainian soldiers, uh, the amazing volunteers, uh, and these kind of wild people that come right to the edge. Uh, and it, it is a lot of those stories can't always be shared, maybe, you know, t- until a little bit down the road. But mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So I appreciate that encouragement from your listeners. And we uh, we keep going day by day here. And as uh, that one text mentioned, you do have a lot of followers. You can follow Joseph on uh, ukrainianfreedomnews.com and also on our show page at wgnradio.com. All right, keep that guard up, Joseph, and we'll talk tomorrow. Indeed, Bob. Until tomorrow. Thank you.